Hey guys, Ryan Dement, True Podcast. Welcome back. Another week in the books. And what do we have to look forward to? Existing home sales tumble. California passes high density building in single family neighborhoods. And there's a wane in confidence when it comes to mortgage forbearance and how it will affect the market going forward. Let's get to it. All right, guys, last week, craziness in California after the recall. Looks like the state passed Senate Bill 9 and 10. Senate Bill 9 allows duplexes to be built in most neighborhoods across the state, including places where apartments have long been banned. And Senate Bill 10 is reduces environmental rules on multifamily housing and makes it easier for cities to add high-density development. Not a lot of uh, craziness on Senate Bill 10. Senate Bill 9, everyone's saying, not in my backyard. I don't want apartments coming. But when you read into the actual law itself, it's allowing homeowners that have enough room, they can build three additional in-law suites as they call them from a prior bill that was passed in 2017 and 18 um, to be built on their property. So it's not just apartments. They, there are triplexes, which is going to make them a fourplex. But that's not what I wanted to get into. That's here nor there. I mean, if people want to add to their property, great. Get it rezoned. Go through the process. Do what you need to do. But the median sales price of a house in California is $800,000. The average family out there working, making sixty dollars or $70,000 a year, can't afford that in California. So how is putting a triplex or a duplex up in someone's backyard going to change the housing shortage? Because those properties or those duplexes that are put up in these neighborhoods more than likely will be above market rent. So what is that going to say? They're going to pay top dollar for rent. So how are they going to be able to afford the rent? They're not. The piece that's been missing, missed in all this is no one wants to talk about the neighborhoods that have been left behind. There's plenty of neighborhoods in California that have hardworking families living in rentals that want to be homeowners, but someone needs to come into these neighborhoods and make change. And change means redevelop and bring in sustainable housing for these individuals so they can actually purchase a home. And if you don't start doing these things and actions, you're never going to change the tide of of housing starts or housing availability in any state across the nation because there's only so much land is that's out there. You have to start, unfortunately, changing blocks and neighborhoods that have been left behind because of the system. The system is, is, is flawed and it's skewed to, unfortunately, to the people that can afford, not to the people that struggle or cannot afford. And those people are being left behind in California. They've been left behind for many, many years. Guess what? Senate Bill 9 and 10 isn't going to change any of this. 
It's just going to allow people to start creating their properties and creating additional property revenue from rentals. It's not going to create sustainable or affordable housing because if you start looking in some of these neighborhoods, these individuals are living in homes that are close to a million dollars or 800,000. Well, guess what? Based upon that, you're going to create a new market space in these neighborhoods, which will then be determined or used as a, as a determining factor to create the rents. Well, guess what? They're going to use everything that's in their neighborhood as a base and say, okay, you're going to have to start paying $3,000 a month in rent. And these are not going to be luxury homes and they're not going to be these huge homes. They're going to be duplexes. They're probably going to be two or three bedroom, you know, two to three bedroom with one or two baths. And that's it. You're not going to have a backyard. You're not going to have anything. And it's going to be tough. The change has to come to the neighborhood level. Start making the impact in the neighborhoods that have been left behind by the system to where you can find numerous houses that are dilapidated, been left behind, that could be transformed into sustainable and affordable housing to make a difference in neighborhoods going forward. And that's how you start impacting the change in the housing shortage, not just in California, but across the country. All right, guys, second true topic. Existing home sales decline as buyers hold out for better prices and more options. And at the same time, new home construction activity improves as builders focus on high margin projects. So let's just do the new home construction because I want to decipher that. They're saying that roughly 3% uptick in, sorry, 3.9% increase from the previous month. And it was up 17 almost 17% uh, compared to August. If you dig into the numbers, new home starts are down 0.2% and the rest of the actual improvement 3.7 is for multifamily homes. And multifamily homes have been up and down all year and pretty consistent up and down for a long time. People are not talking about that aspect of these numbers. They forget that they have to dig, you, you forget that, you know, there's other aspects in this. Um, the piece that really gets at me is one part of the country for new home sales or new home construction had 167% increase. Can you guess what it is? The Northeast. I, I didn't see that one coming. I thought it'd be out west, but clearly it's northeast. Um, the other the other pay, the other piece of this is Lennar just released their quarterly earnings, and if you do the the homework and you look through the data and so forth, the biggest piece that came out for me is they missed on revenues, but they have. They have such a backup in pending home sales that they're, you can tell that they're starting to space out their building further and further, which is going to artificially inflate the home price. 
and going to keep it at these higher levels on the new home side. And they're not the only ones doing it. KB Home, uh, Toll Brothers, they're all doing it. They're all spacing it out. It's just you have to look at the numbers. Lennar specifically almost delivered uh, uh, 15,200 homes with an average profit across the board nationwide of almost $100,000, which was up like 30% or 28% from the year before. And I think it was up 15 or 17% to the prior quarter. But for me, I'm just pointing out the obvious for you guys, and I'm just going to be straight up. Until the market demand really wanes and comes off these highs to where people are still not enamored with, I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm gotta go get, excuse me, we have to go get a house, the fear of missing out. This won't change with new construction. You're starting to see the cracks in existing home sales and I'll, and I'll talk to you about that. But on the new side, they're still doing blind bids. And you, and you have to put your best offer forward. Well, guess what? That's still over asking. And people are still doing that. So two things are going to happen. The Fed will, will meet today and say, okay, we're going to start uh, raising rates, which will totally destroy the new, new housing market over a period of time because people's money is already stretched already as it is. You start increasing that interest rate, it starts pricing people out of the market very quickly. Two, the new home builders will stop artificially uh, elevating home prices and start releasing in a more systematic way to where you're seeing a shorter build time uh, and less fighting over... uh, should I call it lack of resources in the sense of new builds? They they will go back to something that's closer to pre-pandemic, to where they will build on potentially not just spec, but also on signed contract. Today they're doing some building of spec, knowing that they have a, a backup. And here in Arizona for Lennar, um, seeing their numbers. They have, they have close to over 100 homes just in one community that, or excuse me, 100 home buyers for one community, and they have, they've barely broken ground on the models. So what does that tell you? The demand's still there, so they'll continue to artificially pump up that price and continue to raise it by five dollars to $10,000 per, you know, per release. Crazy. I know. All right, guys, that, enough on that horse. Existing home sales, they declined. Median sales price for an existing home has risen 15% to $356,700. But existing home sales dropped 2%. There's roughly about 2.6 months supply of homes on the market. But the thing that I want to talk about is... Only 29% of home buyers were first-time home buyers. It's the lowest level of first-time home buyers in the market since June 2019. So pre-pandemic levels, and we've got the lowest amount of, of first-time home buyers. And why is that? Affordability. They're being priced out of the market. 
to to say this is disappointing, yes, and everything is a cycle. There's supply and demand, and we'll see the ups and downs. But now you're starting to see home buyers start looking at new builds because they see the price of lumber coming down, and they think that oh man, that's going to save us a ton of money. In all realm, it does. For our new builds, we went from a almost $16,000 ad to a almost 1,400 square foot home to where it's $800 ad to a new build because of the price that we are currently at with lumber. But remember, lumber is going to bounce and it already is bouncing like I told you in the last two episodes. And today it's up $612. I mean, it's not at the peak uh during the morning session sorry uh september 19th september 20th it hit 636 dollars and 30 cents as i said at the time of this recording september 22nd it's 612 dollars and 50 cents and it's up and we're at that time it's at the demand this is where they start ramping up pre um, winter time to get as much in the ground as possible before that happens. And then you'll see another uptick in the spring. So we'll see where this goes. Um, but the other piece on existing home sales, the trend is going to continue this way. And I think the cracking just from seeing the numbers will continue to show in the, in the existing home sales. And then it'll transfer over to new homes. And I want to lead into the third topic, forbearance. And forbearances are coming to an end at the end of this month. And the first wave of homeowners are coming. 400,000 are showing up into the marketplace. Now, is, is that going to change the market? Potentially. I mean, we can all be happy, joy, joy, and say that every single one of them um, is going to enter repayment and not have any issues. The other option is, you know, their delinquencies continue and they sell their home. The third option, foreclosure or a deed in lieu. But more than likely, there's going to be a, a, a mixed bag of all three coming out. Can we tell you can we tell you what that number is going to be? No. But go back to our prior podcast. I did talk about a range. I talked about a half million homes to a million homes coming to the market in the next 90 to 120 days. So by the end of the year, beginning of next year. But until these start coming through the actual pipeline and understanding where people are at and if they're just selling or they're going to make payments don't know majority of these people have not made a payment in over 12 months some of these are in extended forbearance which means they haven't made a payment up to 18 months and i've started to see on the secondary market where we also play in non-performing loans and mortgages that are purchased some haven't made payments for 24 months and nothing's happened because the lender or issuer did not want to foreclose. So as that happens, let's see how this plays out. But keep an eye on it. If you're in the market, 
and you're looking for a house, start looking on the existing home side because you're going to start seeing cracks there because as inventory increases, demand is going to have to match that and it's not always that quick to come and match it. So there'll be a, a lag time. If you can catch that lag time, you potentially could catch some pretty good deals. Here in Phoenix, since this is the market I know the best, it is starting to see 5, 10, 15, 20 days on the market. And during that time, we're seeing 5, 10, and 15,000 price reductions. There's houses in my development that are on the resale market that have been there for 45 days or more and haven't sold. They've only done a small price reduction and they're still sitting there. So it's telling you that the demand is waning on the existing home side, excuse me, existing home side to where buyers see that the market is starting to change in their benefit and they're willing to wait and see what the market gives them because right now they feel like they're at the top. So what's the worst case scenario? They wait and it goes down or it stays the same. So be it. But there's always a linchpin in there. Until we know what the Fed is going to do with interest rates and, and how they've been propping up the market uh, with buying mortgage-backed securities, we don't know what's going to happen. If they decide that they're going to start raising rates and start pulling back their buying, that's going to change the market altogether because you're going to price even more people out of the market because their money's already stretched already. And the one last piece are we creating ourselves another market to where we potentially could have a downside down uh, downside in the future? I don't know. I have not seen the underwriting criteria. I know they're tougher than 2007, 2008, and it's been evolving. But I think we're overly uh, sensitive to housing evaluations and getting houses priced at a certain point to make sure you can buy it. Um, for example, my house has gone up almost a hundred thousand dollars and I have not even lived here a year yet. That to me says bubble or it says correction. And I'm not saying we're going to have a market crash. The market can't continue to go North guys. And I've said that a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred more times. It cannot continue to go North. There has to be a correction and the correction can be a couple percentage or it could be 10%. I don't know yet. But there's got to be a correction because you can't continue to push this up further and further and say that you're going to have enough buyers to sustain these levels over a period of time. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the topics this week. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Have great communication. Talk to others, man. Let's not lose the human factor. Talk. Agree to disagree. It's okay. But help one another out, and let's get through this. I'll talk to you guys on the other side. Have a great week.